0: Hello everybody and welcome to Surveillance Report 18, bringing you the privacy and security news between July 5th and July 12th. If you want to keep up with everything happening, don't forget to subscribe and follow us to catch the reports every week. Today's report is brought to you by our Patreon community who's been helping us Honestly, so much. Our editor has been taking so much load off what I have to do back here, and hopefully you've all been able to see that with our recent upload rate, and the Patreon community is helping make that happen. If you want to be a part of that, we have several benefits for our patrons, including roles inside our communities, behind-the-scenes content, monthly patron-only live streams, and even our highest tier has one-on-one monthly chats with myself if you want that dedicated attention. And now, let's get into the report, starting with Companies. The social media platform TikTok has been all over the news lately as everyone seems to think that this uh, Chinese Facebook is going to lead to our demise. Uh, not the other tech giants. They're okay. They love you. Well, uh, the US is certainly looking at banning TikTok over concerns of it being a <laughs> surveillance and propaganda tool. Additionally, most people don't know that TikTok has never actually been allowed in mainland China. They have a censored version of TikTok under a different name, and TikTok was only used in Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong is suffering their own issues we'll cover in the politics section of this report, and this is leading TikTok to leave the Hong Kong market entirely. Adding to the damage, Amazon on Friday asked its employees to delete TikTok from their phones, only to backtrack five hours later, calling it an error. Interesting. (laughs) Wells Fargo actually has a backbone and doubled down on this and asked employees with corporate owned devices to remove the application. If you ask me, this is all ridiculously hypocritical. Amazon and Facebook, some of if not the most invasive companies in the world, are calling TikTok a surveillance tool, and Zuckerberg specifically has called it a threat to democracy in the past, when Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal had a direct impact on our 2016 election. So, just something to think about. As for the US government, a pretty invasive surveillance state as is, they're here telling us we should be concerned about our privacy, because it's China. So, this all to me is our government acting in a political manner against a competitor, and companies acting against a Chinese company to hold market share. The US only cares about your privacy if they don't have control over it, and the same goes for almost all major tech companies. That was a long spiel, but I felt it was necessary to the people tweeting ban TikTok on Twitter. Signal, the private messenger, has been dealing with some scrutiny behind their new pin feature which stores your contacts in the cloud. The argument here is that Signal has always designed itself to collect almost nothing about its users, so if they were ever to be compromised, nothing would be at risk. Well now, this pin feature allows users to recover data, like contacts, profile information, settings, and possibly more in the future, at the cost of handing more trust over to Signal. After criticism, Signal has announced they are making this optional and you can go without a pin as an advanced setting. If you use a pin, ensure it is a secure and long pin as that's going to be your best form of protection. Underneath this story is the constant problem of usability versus security. Signal has always been, in my opinion, the definition of what privacy and security is about. It's simple enough for anybody to use, and its features and user experience are good enough to compete against most mainstream options. This makes our jobs as privacy advocates simple as ever, as getting friends and family on Signal is much easier than getting them to use advanced tools like Tor. Signal um, includes these pin features to add more functionality and a better user experience, but in doing so, it's created other issues, in this case, specifically security concerns. So I guess we'll see how well Signal maintains its status of offering both usability and security in the same package, but uh, whether it ends good or bad, it'll be probably a valuable lesson to anybody who's developing software with an emphasis on privacy and security. Now, this would not be a surveillance report in 2020 if Zoom was not a part of it. So, (laughs) Zoom had a zero-day vulnerability that affected Windows 7 and older. Zoom has released a patch on July 10th. I don't think we need to cover this much more. This is just one of several Zoom issues. Um, And here is the source for those of you watching the video that goes through the patch. The privacy-based browser Brave is up next. First, Brave has legally threatened the recent fork of their project, Braver, and is forcing them to change their name to avoid a trademark violation. On one hand, Braver may be a trademark violation, on the other, Braver wasn't even a finished project, it was just a fork on GitHub, and they publicly said that wasn't the final name, and they were planning on changing it based on community preferences but Brave decided to pursue legal action before that was done by targeting the only public people on their GitHub. Either way, Brave is licensed under MPL 2, and there is absolutely no clear violation of much, so if Braver really wanted to fight this, they probably could, and Brave seems to be more or less just being a bully here. Regardless, uh, Braver caved and has rebranded into Bold Browser with a new logo, Excelsior! In other news, there's been a bug since May of 2020 that the top sites on the homepage of Brave don't clear when you clear your history. It seems to have been a low-priority issue to fix, and Brave has yet to publicly comment on the matter. Over to our other favorite browser, Firefox. They have temporarily suspended Firefox Send, which is their temporary file upload service that allows you to instantly share files with a link, no accounts needed, and with privacy in mind. Well, like most things in our fantastic world, people have to ruin them. And there was a serious malware problem uh, happening in Send, so Firefox will be fixing this before reopening their service. Let's hope they fix it quicker than Brave decides to fix Sync. The final Firefox news was someone said there was a URL spoofing bug within Firefox that could be a pretty serious issue. However, it was recently discovered this was just a UI problem. It doesn't actually redirect you, which is a much better issue to have. And our final company news for the week brings us all the way back to, you remember that one company, Clearview AI, that was so big in the news? Um, The AI facial recognition company that's come under a lot of fire for helping enable surveillance states around the world. Well, they're back and Australia and the UK have decided they want to know what's happening. So they opened a joint probe to examine the company. This comes just a few days after the company suspended operations in Canada. Good thing they're not TikTok or else the US would have banned them as well. But Clearview is perfectly okay in the eyes of the United States as they control the data. Gotta love double standards. But you know what is held to higher standards? Academia and research. So let's cover the latest and greatest in the research world. Smartwatches um, with a lens of specifically elderly and dementia patients who rely on these watches to take medications. Researchers say they can trick these smartwatches into sending fake take pills reminders to patients as often as they wanted, and they'd likely forget they already took them and overdose as a result. Pretty crazy. Um, this was all because of a vulnerability in the back end cloud system, which has now luckily been fixed. Seriously, everybody, the next big thing that will directly impact people is security behind health devices that people are reliant on. We're likely going to see more and more of this as issues will be uncovered left and right, so let's hope this is never maliciously utilized in real life. Next up, someone has come out with some observations related to browser fingerprinting. Fingerprinting, in short, is tracking your browser based on its uniqueness. This is incredibly hard to protect against as typically the more you change in your browser to be more private and secure, the more unique your configuration is and the easier you are to fingerprint. Well, this person has found a new way to track individuals not signed into any services without even using cookies, but rather cash. Cookies are known to be an instrumental tool used to track users, but cache is normally just a way to store data and just to load web pages faster in the future. Well, uh, here we are. Cache can be executed by using something called e tags, which are IDs attached to every resource coming from a server, like a web page or an image, telling the server whether or not you have the newest version of that resource already cached in your browser. This e-tag can be used to track users when abused, and currently the easiest way to prevent this is by disabling cache altogether within your browser, as e-tags have proven to be capable of being used for evil, and it may already be happening as places like Wendy's, the fast food restaurant, have e-tag tracking as part of their privacy policy. The take-home message, most things can be tracked with enough effort and circumvention, and it's our job to speak up and keep up when stuff like this happens so we can act accordingly. Our last research article relates to Android. We actually just did a full guide showing you start to finish, how to make your Android device as secure and private as possible, which we'll leave linked below. But something we talked about there, uh, an oversimplification, there are three main types of Android. Type one is the lockdown traditional Android device you might think of from Samsung and other manufacturers. These are skinned from the manufacturer who tracks you. The cell company typically tracks you with their bloatware and Google tracks you as well all in a lockdown ecosystem, and these devices tend to have terrible update support. They just suck overall. Type two and type three are truly what Android is what I think is about, and that's what people should probably consider using. I'd watch our guide for a more thorough explanation on that, um, just for some context. Well, another reason to avoid those type one Android devices, there has been malware found in budget US smartphones pre-installed from a cell provider that installs other software on the device without the user's knowledge. This was not used maliciously, but horrible as it essentially acted like a Trojan that was installing PUPS, or potentially unwanted software. Without alerting the user, by the way. People, I just, I cannot recommend you avoid Type 1 Android devices. Anything from Samsung, HTC, LG, any of these companies, just don't touch it. Get a stock Android device, or close to stock, like OnePlus, and use that instead. Better yet, get a phone that can flash a custom ROM like GrapheneOS or Calyx OS. we covered all of this in our recent Android guide. Politics has been getting pretty frisky, especially with Chinese-American relations, so let's talk about China first. China's Great Firewall is one of the largest scale degrees of censorship the world may have ever seen, and Hong Kong has been excluded from it for a very long time. But, not anymore, marking a major loss for the freedom of Hong Kong, who has previously been very open in comparison to the rest of China when it comes to the digital world. People analyzing the situation believe this is being done because the Hong Kong protesters were relying on digital tools to communicate, and the government is trying to prevent this communication from continuing. Along with this, U.S. companies like Google, Microsoft Telegram, Facebook, and Twitter have confirmed they have suspended processing demands for user data from Hong Kong authorities because of this national security law that brought the Great Firewall along with it, which is written very vaguely, and these American companies don't want to cave in quite yet. Um, Maybe they will once they can calculate how much revenue they can earn, you know, like how they handle the rest of China. Over to the United States, it's been exposed. Some companies are selling government agencies access to data stolen from websites in previous breaches in the hope to get investigative leads with data like passwords, email addresses, IP addresses, and more. The company said, quote, we're turning the criminals' data against them, or at least we're empowering law enforcement to do that. My issue with this is... If this is being gathered more or less through side channels that would normally require a warrant, and these are only potential criminals, law enforcement are violating many things to get data they shouldn't otherwise be getting, as the individual may actually be innocent, and no judge approved them gathering this data. On the topic of police surveillance, an AI startup called Data Miner has helped law enforcement digitally monitor the George Floyd protests, tipping off police to social media posts with the latest whereabouts of demonstrations. This contradicts claims from both Twitter and Dataminer that neither company would engage or facilitate domestic surveillance. This write-up is very thorough with a lot more context behind the story. I'd recommend giving this a read if you get the chance in the sources below. Our last U.S. article covers a report which investigates the relationship between tech companies and the U.S. military. Now, it's really no secret that a uh, You know, companies do help the US military in developing technologies, either directly or indirectly, but this is a great compilation of resources, adding a lot of insight into the theoretical issue. Microsoft was the main highlight as they had over 5,000 subcontracts with the Department of Defense and various federal law enforcement agencies since 2006. Like the previous article, I'd read this yourself for more information as it's pretty thorough and there's not a central story behind it. However, if you do want a little bit more clear of a story to share with people, here's a good one from France. Um, They have agreed to introduce nationwide age verification for pornography websites. Uh, It's going to be kind of hilarious seeing this fail to ever be enforced, as how will it be enforced? Like, seriously, um, the UK tried doing this and they failed as well. So while yes, France, come on, but also like, come on, this is unlikely to truly take shape. At least I have my doubts. That was our final political news. Now before you take advantage of that law not being enforced yet, don't forget about our last two categories, free and open source news and the misfits. For FOSS, LibreOffice is one of, if not the largest open source alternative to Microsoft Office, cross-compatible on all operating systems pre-installed on many Linux distributions. Unfortunately, a long post has come out talking about some problems behind the project it really boils down to business sustainability, making money, yet not caving into making LibreOffice proprietary in any way. This is a very common theme in the open source world, as it's hard to make things freely available and long-term sustainable, so our best bet is to donate to your favorite open source projects and contribute as much as you can. And finally, misfits. Micro G is an open source alternative to Google's Play services for Android, which is commonly installed on custom Android ROMs to still be able to use most apps from the Google Play Store. Well, here on the Micro G subreddit, someone made a post which is now deleted saying they are ending the development of the project. It was a very long post with like a letter format, um, and it was very huge news. However, shortly later, the user who supposedly made the post made a post on GitHub saying this was an imposter. So, fear not, everything is okay, but damn, this was a pretty huge heartbreak when we thought it was real. Um, I guess let it be a good scare to maybe get you to supporting the project more. It's really unclear why someone would even do this unless it was just a prank. It's just a prank, bro. Or um, someone was just angry at the project. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to do either way. Um, I guess we'll just keep an eye on that. Um, And that was the weirdest thing to cover for the week. Um, Ending the news. Again, this report owes a lot to our patrons, so if you want to also help support us, check us out and become a patron to support our work. If you enjoy the weekly surveillance report, make sure to share it with your friends and on social media. Follow us to catch every episode, and either like this report on YouTube or give us a good rating on the podcast if you're listening to the podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and see you next week!